0: I want to invite you to uh, turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8, and uh, we're going to begin at verse 22 this morning, all right? So, Judges chapter 8, beginning at verse 22. Um, While you're getting to Judges chapter 8... Um we've been uh doing a a sermon series from the life of Gideon. And uh today we're going to be uh concluding uh that series. And uh there's some sermon notes in the worship folder that'll help you follow along um with the with the sermon this morning as well, all right? So Judges chapter 8 beginning at verse 22. So um you know, here's we Get started this morning. Uh, here's, here's what I want you to think about. Right? Um, sometimes good things spoil, all right? Sometimes good things sour, all right? Some, sometimes you know, good things go bad. Let me, let me give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, there's not many things worse than taking a sip of milk that has soured, all right? And what's, what's even worse, and this one really gets me, is when you're down to the last bowl of cereal, all right? The, the cereal box is almost empty. You pour the last little bit into a bowl. You pour the milk uh, into the bowl, and you take your first bite, and you've got sour milk, and you've got to throw it all out, all right? Um, you know, some, sometimes things sour, sometimes things spoil. Uh, let me put an image up on the wall. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how many of you know uh, Brother Patrick McGee. Uh, he's the pastor at Main Street Baptist Church in town. Uh, he posted this image on his Facebook page uh, this past week, and it's, it's a picture of a taco, and um, it's from Burger King. I still don't get that, all right? But anyway, Burger King is selling tacos apparently now, all right? And so Brother Patrick, he had this picture on his Facebook, and here was the caption underneath the picture. I was regretting not eating breakfast when I left the house, and I found this taco in my truck that I had left in there yesterday. That taco may have been good the day before, <laughs> maybe. But the day he posted that picture, after sitting in a hot vehicle all day, all night, do you think that taco was still good? There's no way. There's no way. So, uh, Brother Patrick McGee is in charge of our Senior Adult Revival Uh, that's going on in our parish this week. If you see Brother Patrick, ask him if he really ate the taco. And if he says yes, ask him if he had to go to the ER that night. All right? So, uh, you know, sometimes good things go bad. Sometimes things sour, things spoil. That's what we see in chapter 8 with Gideon. Chapter 8, Gideon spoils, he goes sour, he goes rogue. Um, The theme for today's sermon, when the good go bad. And um, with that in mind, let's go ahead and read our passage for today. Judges chapter 8, beginning at verse 22, if you will stand for the reading of God's holy and precious word. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder. For they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. And so they answered, We will gladly give them. And they spread out a garment and each man threw into it his, the earrings from his plunder. Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold besides the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes which were on the king of Midian and beside the chains that were, un- that were around their camels' necks. Uh, then Gideon made it into an ephod, set it up in the city of Opera, and Israel played the harlot with it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and to his house. Thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel so that they lifted their heads no more and the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Then Jeroboam, that's Gideon's nickname, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Verse 30, uh, Gideon had 70 sons uh, who were his own offspring for he had many wives and his concubine uh, who was in Shechem also bore him a son whose name he called Abimelech. Now Gideon, the son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of Joash, his father and opera of the Bezarites. So it was as soon as Gideon was dead that the children of Israel again played the harlot with the bales. You may be seated. So, again, the, the theme of the, the message today, when the good go bad. All right, there's two things we want to talk about. Here's point number one in your sermon notes, all right? Make sure uh, you get this. Uh, the good that God did through Gideon. All right, point number one, the good that God did through Gideon. All right, again, make sure you got that. Point number one, the good that God did through Gideon. So uh, my last year in junior high, uh, I, I remember playing in this basketball tournament. And the first two games of the tournament, we, we blew out our opponents. We won one game by 20. We won another game by 30. And so we make it into the, to the finals of the basketball tournament, and we're playing this team. And in the finals, we played awful. We played terrible, but we somehow managed to win the ball game by seven or eight points. And uh, I can remember running into my coach at a convenience store after the game, and I guess I had this look of disappointment on my face. You know, we had won, but we had not played well as a team. I had not played well, and so I guess I just had that look on my face of disappointment, And my coach walks up to me in the convenience store and he says, Clay, we won the ball game. And I'm like, I know, coach, but we didn't play well. And he says, a win is a win. Enjoy it. All right? And so I've tried to take that to heart. You know, a win is a win. Enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes that's hard as a Mississippi State Bulldog fan. All right, when you're favored by 20-something points against ULL and you barely beat them the first game of the season. All right, but hey, a win is a win. Enjoy it, all right? Now, last week when we looked at chapter 7, Gideon got the win, all right? The Israelites got the win, all right? The improbable, the impossible happened. Gideon and his 300 soldiers defeated an army of 135,000 soldiers. All right? Gideon, again, he he got the win. All right? Israel got the win. Victory was theirs. But let's give credit to where credit is due. All right? Gideon's victory in chapter 7... It didn't have anything to do with Gideon. All right, Israel's win in chapter 7, it didn't have anything to do with their army of 300. It had everything to do with God. All right, God gave them the win, God gave them the victory. All right, you read chapter 7 of Judges, and the only way to explain Israel's victory is God. Look at a verse in your notes. Uh, Psalm 16, 2. We'll also put this verse up on the wall. Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Now, David is is the author of Psalm 16, 2. And if you remember from David's life, he did a lot of good things. He killed a giant named Goliath. He was a man after God's own heart. He was king over Israel. I mean, David did a lot of good things. And what David is saying in Psalm 16 is this. All the good that I have done, it is only possible because of God. David is saying here in Psalm 16 too, without God... I do nothing good. All right? And, and look, the same goes for Gideon. All right? You know, hey, Gideon, he did, he did some good things. He, he rallied an army to go fight the Midianites. All right? he, he led 300 into battle against 135,000, and they came out on top. Gideon did a lot of good things. All the good that Gideon did was because of God. Without God, Gideon does nothing good. Without God, Gideon accomplishes absolutely nothing. You see, God used Gideon for good, God did some great and amazing things through the life of Gideon. And, and I want to remind you today, that's what God wants to do in our lives. God wants to do great and amazing things through us. God wants to use us to do good things. And, and I, I want us to all think about this morning. And I, I want you to make it personal. All right, I want each of us to think about This question, how is God using my life to do good things? Again, let's make it personal. How is God using my life to do good things? Maybe God is using you as a Sunday school teacher. Not not only do you speak the word of God into the lives of the the people in your class, but you're there for them through thick and thin in life. Or, Or maybe God is using you as a youth volunteer. Maybe God wants to use you as a youth volunteer. And God is using you to shape and mold and teach the next generation. Or maybe God has used you as a volunteer at Vacation Bible School. and God used you to show the love of Jesus to children. And I also want to remind you today that sometimes it's not the big, big things that God uses sometimes it's the small things that God uses an encouraging word a smile on our face preparing food for someone who's sick or lost a loved one sometimes it's not the big things that God uses for good sometimes it's the little things All right, so again to all think about that question. How is God using me? How is God using my life to do good? And we've got to remember today that um, you know, the good that we do, it's because of God. Without God, we don't do anything good. Without God, we don't accomplish anything. So again, think about that question. How has God used my life? How has God used me for good? God used Gideon in chapter 6 and chapter 7. God wants to use our lives. To do good. But um, we've got to be careful. All right? Because did Gideon, you know, God used him for good. But as we're about to see, Gideon, in the end, uh, he goes rogue. All right? He does bad. So let's move on. All right? Point number two. All right? Make sure you got it. Uh, the bad. That Gideon did in the end. Alright, that's point number two. The bad that Gideon did in the end. Make sure you got that. Point number two. The bad that Gideon did in the end. Make sure you got it. The, The bad that Gideon did in the end. Let me put an image up on the wall. How many of you vaguely remember this TV show? E true Hollywood story. Anybody, I vaguely remember it. I think I watched it maybe a couple of times. Uh, when I look for that picture on the internet, I hear it's making a comeback. I hear they're fixing to put it back on. But anyway, this show—it um, was kind of—it was kind of behind the scenes of you know our our favorite movie characters, um, our favorite TV characters. And uh, you know it was kind of the the true st- hey. Here are some things that happened on the set that you didn't see on the the TV show. You know, here's this actor that you really like, but here's some bad things going on in his life. All right? That, that's what the show was all about. Here's my point. Chapter eight is kind of the tr- e true Hollywood story of Gideon's life. All right, because what we're going to see in chapter eight is. Um, that Gideon sours, he, he spoils, when the good go bad. All right, look at verse 22. Let's see what I'm talking about here. Look at, go back to verse 22. All right, so, uh, Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. All right, so here's the deal. The, the people come to Gideon and they say, hey, we want you to be our king. We want you to rule over us. Your sons, your grandsons, we want you to be king. And if you notice there, the people give Gideon the credit for winning the battle. All right? They've forgotten all about God. They're giving Gideon all the credit. All right? So we want you to be king. And look at what Gideon says in verse 24. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you. That each of you would give me the earrings. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 23. Look at verse 23. We'll get to verse 24 in just a second. Verse 23. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. So right there, Gideon, he's saying all the right things, right? He's saying, hey, I'm not going to be your king. My sons are not going to be your king. God is your king. God is going to rule over you. Gideon is saying all the right things but if you keep reading Gideon may be saying all the right things but in chapter 8 Gideon does all the wrong things all right? he, he says I'm not going to be your king but his actions tell a different story and, and what we see Throughout the rest of chapter 8 is that Gideon, he lived like a king. He said he didn't want to be their king, but he lived like one. Look at at verse 24. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you, that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder. For they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. Alright, so... Gideon, um, what we see there, in, in essence, he's collecting taxes. He's saying, hey, give me some of, some of the plunder. And, and what that is, it, it's symbolic that the people are submitting themselves to Gideon. All right, The idea in verse 24 is that Gideon's the top dog and everybody else in Israel are his vassals. They're giving Gideon the plunder. All right? And, and by the way, all this gold that Gideon collected, all right, it added up. And it was like a treasure for a king. All right? so, so what we see here is that Gideon, he's living like a king. He, he says, hey, I, I don't want to be your king, but his actions tell a different story. Gideon is living like a king. All right? let, me, let me show you. Another example here. Um, And and we're going to talk about this, what Gideon did with the gold in just a second. But skip down to verse 30. All right, skip down to verse 30. Gideon had 70 sons who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. All right, so Gideon, he he had 70 sons. He had many wives. And look, if you keep reading the Bible... The only people that had that many children and had that many wives in the Old Testament were kings. All right? Gideon is living like a king. And look, if you're not convinced of this, you're going to be saying, Hey, I don't see it here. You, know, you, you keep saying, Gideon, he's living like a king. I don't see it. Man, all this is kind of circumstantial. I don't see it. Well, look at verse 31. Look at verse 31. And his concubine, who was in Shechem bore him a son whose name he, Gideon, called Abimelech. And uh, do you know what Abimelech means in Hebrew? My father is king. That's what Gideon named his son. My father is king. When the good go bad. Gideon, he, he says all the right things, but his actions tell a different story. I don't want to be your king. But Gideon lived like a king, he thought of himself as a king. And then I want you to see what he does with all that money, he, all the, that gold he collected. All right, go back to verse 27. Go back to verse 27 the, um, so he collects all this gold then Gideon made it into an epod and set it up in, in his city uh, Orphira, and all Israel played the harlot with it there and it became a snare to Gideon into his house All right, and so Gideon he took all the gold and he, he made an epod and basically that's a vest that was worn by the high priest in, in Israel and Gideon made one for himself he put it up on a wall and did you notice in in verse 27 the word uh, prostitute or harlot do you see that in verse 27 when you see that phrase prostitute or harlot in the Old Testament um, a lot of times it's talking about how the people of Israel were unfaithful to God instead of worshiping only God they worship false gods alright and in this case they're worshiping a false god. They're worshiping this, this gold vest that Gideon had made, that he had created. That's what they're worshiping. Uh, did you, do you notice in uh, verse 27 that word snare? And this became a snare to Gideon. Do you see that? You might want to underline or circle that word snare. Um, that word in the Hebrew means to lure, to bait. put an image of a fishing lure on the wall. I, I tried to go over to Walmart and find this this morning, but I, I couldn't find it. I wanted, to, I wanted to hold it up. This is, a, this is some kind of spinner bait, and uh, you throw it into the water, and it, and it mimics like a school of fish, all right? And uh, I know somebody, I can't remember if it was my brother-in-law or somebody else, but somebody caught two fish on one throw with that with that a lure just like that all right but you know a, a lure is you know it's a bait all right you're you're tempting the fish and, and as soon as they bite down on a lure like that you got them all right and and that's what happens to Gideon Man, he's been baited by this golden epoch. He's been lured away from God. And bam, Gideon took the bait. And it got him. Here was a guy. He was supposed to be leading people toward God. And he's leading them to worship false gods. Right, when the good goes what we see with Gideon. Now, and we, we we've talked this morning you know, that, hey, God wants to use us to do good. God, God wants to, to do good and amazing things through us. But we've got to be careful. There's a lesson to be learned here from, from the life of Gideon. Satan wants to, you know, to bait us. He wants to to lure us away from God. And and too often, we take the bait and Satan's got us. And we fall into sin. If we're not careful, we can end up on a downward spiral in sin. You know, if, if we're not careful... We can be led away from God. And if we're not careful, we can lead other people away from God. And you know, forgetting it when the good go bad. We, we've got to be careful that, that that doesn't happen to us. All right? God wants to use us to do good. God can, God can do amazing and great things through our life. And that's the way we want to keep it. We don't want to go down the path of Gideon when the good go bad. Let me tell you one more story, and then I'm then I'm going to wrap it up. When I, when I was in high school, not only did I play basketball, but I also ran track. And um, I remember this one race one year. I was I was running the mile. I was lead, I, I led the whole race, whole race. And I get down to the last, I don't know, fifty meters of the race. I mean, we're coming down the home stretch. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'd already kind of I'd already taken a peek. I didn't see anybody. I thought I had it. All right? I don't know where this dude came from, but with 50 meters to go, he came flying around me. And I ended up getting second. And that whole next week at practice, if my coach said it one time, he said it a thousand times. Play, finish strong that's what that every day at practice that's what he kept hollering in my ear finish strong finish strong finish strong what we see here in judges chapter 8 Gideon didn't finish strong he didn't finish strong let's finish strong let's finish strong Wherever we are, let's finish strong. Let's allow God to do amazing, great things through our lives, and let's not go down this path when the good go bad. Let's finish strong. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. Just a few moments, we're going to have a time of invitation, a time of response. But before we do, I want to ask you, how's God speaking into your heart this morning? Maybe you're sitting out there and, you know, you heard this message. God wants to do amazing things, great things in, in my life, and you're just not seeing it. Maybe today you just need to come to this altar and say, God, I'm willing. Here's my life. Do do great things. Do amazing things through me. Maybe that's your prayer this morning. Maybe maybe you're sitting out there and, and you can really relate to this story of Gideon when the good goes bad. Because... that's a picture of what's going on in your life. Maybe you've been lured away by sin. Maybe, Maybe you've strayed from God. Maybe today come to this altar and get that right with God. And uh, you know God restores us. You know, God gets us right so that we can so that we can finish our race strong. Maybe that's your prayer today. You just need to come and pray at this altar, God, help me finish strong. Help me finish strong. How's God speaking to you today? How do you need to respond today? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this look at, at Gideon. It's, it, chapter 8 is the story we don't get in Sunday school. It's, it's, it's the story we rarely talk about in church. You know, here, here's this guy that, and this, this great hero that you know, we, we've heard the stories that we've been amazed by, but yet we see that he didn't finish strong. The good goes bad. Father, I, th- I think some of us can relate to that because that, that's really the, the testimony of our lives. We, we started out strong, but we faded, we strayed. Father, for those, I, I pray they'll get it right with you today and we'll be able to finish strong. And Father, I, I think for some of us, we're just we're trying to figure it out, how you want to use us, what, what you want to do through us. And, and Father, uh, I pray that you show us I pray that we're, just, that we're just willing for you to do great and amazing things through our lives. Father, now as we come to this time of invitation, our desire is for you to move how you want to move today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Amen.